This episode of Manage Smarter is presented by Sales Fuel Coach, our adaptive sales coaching featuring five-minute quick coaching personalized to each sales rep. Learn more about Sales Fuel Coach at salesfuel.com. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. When you say the word engagement and you spell it with an I, why would you spell it with an I? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast. I'm Audrey Strong. I'm Vice President of Communications at SalesFuel. That's a very curious question, Audrey, and I'm C. Lee Smith. I'm the president and CEO of SalesFuel. Here to answer the question. I'm not going to steal a thunder. I actually know the answer, but I'm not going to give it away. I know the answer, too. So there. I have an hackle. How are you, sir? I am fantastic and ready to answer the question if you'd like the answer now. Well, let me tell people a little bit about you before you do. Sounds good. CEO of Tortle Training and Engage Consulting, author and speaker. Evan also has a podcast on the C-Suite Radio Network, so he's a fellow C-Suite Network person. That's how we came to know you, I believe, um, Evan. correct. Uh, Training Unleashed, the creator of Engaged Leadership Concept and Brand. You're a thought leader in the fields of leadership and success. You also have a book called Engaging with an Eye leadership. Okay, so what's the answer? The answer is it's a higher level of engagement. It includes involvement, Mm. so that you're involving people, not just engaging people. And involving people gets everybody moving in the same direction. Tell me a little bit about the umbrella philosophy that you teach people. So simple engagement is you say, okay, guys, here's our vision. Here's where we're going. Here's what we're doing. And Audrey, here's your part. Okay, involvement goes, hey, we'd like to know what you think. How can we better do what we do? What, what, what are your thoughts? And incorporating everyone's thoughts into the business planning. That wouldn't necessarily mean changing the vision of the company because that's something obviously that's well ingrained. But you know, in terms of the strategy or the tactics of the company, so that you say, okay, guys, here's the plan for the year. Everyone, thank you for your input that everyone was actually involved. People weren't actually just talked to. So you gain two valuable things, the insight of the people actually doing the work, which is huge because a lot of times you have, you have heard the term beware of high-level dumb. Hmm. Well, it's, it's, it's a real problem. Um, and secondly, people that are involved, engage with an eye, have a whole different attitude about supporting the organization because they were part of the process and they have ownership in the process. And when people have ownership, they act differently than people that sit back and say, I just can't believe what these people are thinking we're doing. Do they know nothing? Mm-hmm. And that change from ownership to ownership has a huge impact uh, on companies. I, I was fortunate. I ran a company we had an average growth rate of 29% for 20 years. Uh, grew from very small to 10 billion in system-wide sales in 20 years through this concept of engagement and involving people and, and, and not talking down to people, but really understanding and, and being able to work together as a team. A lot of my fellow managers and leaders uh, will do an engagement survey or, you know, an, just a, an annual survey as, asking employees what they think. And what I see happen sometimes, though, is that they failed then to communicate what, what everybody said in the survey or what the overriding themes are. Then they fail really to, to, to meet and do anything about it. So how do you get 
first of all, how do you get them past that and then, then go to the next step, which is what you're talking about, which is where the managers aren't sitting in a room somewhere trying to figure out solutions to the problem where you're trying to get everybody in, engaged and, and trying to be part of the, the, the uh, solution. Well, I, I'm glad you brought that up because size of the organization um, exponentially makes engagement more difficult, but not impossible. So you want a process where if you're in a very large organization, surveys of, of people are certainly a good thing to do. There's nothing wrong with them, particularly if they're open-ended. But people have to know that people actually listen to them and you've shared results and you've given results. But I like to go to another level, which essentially is where you go to the level of management above you know, the people that don't have managers and you ask them, hey, get your team together and here's an exercise we'd like you to do with that team mm. to give us insight. And then those managers then bring that information up to the next level. Um, so the information keeps flowing to the key stakeholders who eventually will be in the final discussions on the strategy and tactics for the company. Um, so it, it is absolutely possible. Uh, I did it in organizations you know, with 30,000, 40,000 people. Uh, I consulted with an organization that, that had likely 50 or 60,000 people in, in the entire organization. And you can get interaction and feedback. It's just got to be more planned, more deliberate, more thought out. To get the buy-in. Um, what so, are some of the other characteristics of people who are fully engaged uh, other than having those team meetings and the, the information and the ideas percolating from the bottom up, as you say? Well, people that are, that are engaged, uh, you're going to find the turnover to be much lower. You're going to find them recruiting for you. You're going to find them selling for you. Um, you know, when you believe in something, your actions are different. And when you make a business, and I, I use this term um, like a family where people I'm not saying it's literally like a family, but people care mm -hmm. at this deeper level. They don't fight. They don't argue like brothers and sisters. Not that part of family, right? Right. No, not the fighting for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but the passion and, and the support. You know, and the, you know, the, the big question, Net Promoter Score, is would you recommend this to a friend, right? And if a person works at a company and they would recommend working there to a friend, that's a lot different. I mean, ha have you ever talked to somebody and said, what do you think of the company? Would you recommend I work there? And Bristol says, no, stay away. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I hear that all the time. Mm -hmm. um, there are tons of statistics out there that talk about the very high percentage of people that wish they worked for a different company. Um, and it makes a difference how people act when they're positive, when they believe and they're passionate. They're more productive. I'm going to circle back to, the, to that group exercise you mentioned. One of the things I, li I liked about the book, there's lots of group exercises in there. Can you maybe share one or two of them then with, with everybody that they can, they can try out on their own? Well, I'll tell you the one that I like the most is the simplest exercise there is. It's not really a group exercise, but it's simply going around and asking everyone in their own words to share the vision of the company. <laughs> and That's an eye-opener. It is an eye-opener. And... Um, you know, there, there, there's this whole, you know, theory of, you know, different areas of awareness. And I'm sure you've heard this, this you know, you know, where the lowest level of awareness is you don't know what you don't know. And then the next level is you know what you don't know. Then the next mm -hmm. level is you know what you need to know and you know it. And then the last level is you 
know it, but you don't know what you know. You just, you're a subconscious competent, meaning you don't even know why, you just do it. It's just natural. If we all sit back and think about breathing, Mm -hmm. we breathe every day. If you said, describe how you literally breathe, we have no clue. And what happens is that people at the high ends of businesses, they know what the company needs to do, but they just know it so inherently, they don't go to that next step of sharing it. Yeah, it's hard to communicate that. It, 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 it is. It's, it's very hard. And then follow up with asking people how do they contribute to the company's success is, is really uh, you know, a very powerful exercise too. So a lot of times, most people don't even understand the importance of what they do and how what they do matters. Um, and it's, import- it's important. You have an accountability component to that exercise, though, when you ask people, um, what are you doing in your role with this company to facilitate the vision that we're trying to create? Can you talk about that piece of it? Well, you, what you want, want people to do is to directly be able to identify those key things, and then how can they learn to be better? What can they, how can they create a personal development plan where you sit down with somebody and say, what are the things that we need to do together to get you to the next level to be, to be, to be better. And, and that, that to me is, you know, a really important part. I'm thinking about another word that begins with I N and you have engagement. So the impact of what you call engagement on inclusion and I, I would think that the two would be linked somehow. And, and that's one of the things that we're all kind of chasing, which is, you know, trying to, to get uh, not only diversity, but also trying to get once they're in the company is to actually get them involved in the company and be, be playing key roles. Yeah, I, to- I, I totally believe that the culture of a company where people are engaged is much more inclusive. There's less barriers. Uh, if people understand whatever, not just what they do, but what other people do and how their roles are important um, is very, very much a part of a culture that you want, you want to build. Um, acceptance of people and recognizing that each person has a different role, a different place is extremely important. And this wasn't sp- precisely in the book, but I think it's a very relevant point is you want everyone doing what they're good at. You want everyone playing from their strengths. And the thought of, oh, well, you're really bad at accounting, so we're going to train you to be the greatest accountant in the world. Um, You know, you're better off, you know, hey, you're really good at selling. Mm -hmm. Let's build on that skill set and let, you know, let's have you spend more time selling and have someone else do your bookkeeping or your paperwork for you than trying to teach you to be the best at, at, at doing paperwork. What's the five to one rule? Go ahead and explain that. Okay. The five to one rule is just the heart of creating positivity in an organization. So the, uh, the concept is really simple. You want five positive comments for every negative. And the reason why you want five positive comments for every negative is that when people see that you catch them doing something right, they appreciate it. And when you have something that you do need to correct, when they know you know how much you do well, they're very open to it. And then when you want to go talking to talk to them, they want to hear it because you're much more likely to say something good than, than bad. And then they know how much you care. 
And one of the big problems in business is that people communicate only when things are wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's yeah. a problem. Blah, blah. I'm going to pick up the phone. I'm going I'm going to, I'm going to call and, and, you know, this is, this is wrong. You're doing this wrong. Hey, how come you haven't made your sales numbers? Hey, how come production's down? How come you're not doing this? How come you're not doing this? And every single thing you're saying is negative. And they think, oh, oh my goodness, all this person does is think that I, that I am bad at what I do. So this concept of consciously looking for catching people doing things well and doing that to the point that five to one, and it can be simple as shooting them an email or a text um, and, you know, I, you know, in our company, we actually, we do monthly meetings. We actually take time at the end of the meeting to recognize people specifically. It's not like, Hey, yeah, you're doing great. Thank you. It's you did this, this, and this, and that's great. Mm-hmm. And we really appreciate that. And when you create this culture of positivity, people like, as they like to hear from their managers and they're much more receptive to hearing constructive advice than they are when all you're doing is giving them constructive advice. Plus, it seems they hear the constructive stuff more than the positive stuff. So even if they were a one-to-one ratio, they would still have the impression then that all you do is bitch and complain about my work, even though that you have, you're given equal numbers. So that's what I, what I really like about the five-to-one ratio because it gives you a fighting chance of, of making them feel like there's some balance there. Yeah. You know, there was a book uh, a long time ago that used to talk about compliment somebody, tell them what they need to improve, and then compliment them again. Mm-hmm. And a very famous book. I, I'll leave it nameless. Is that that sandwich technique that we hear so much about? Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. And, and the problem with the sandwich technique is that people don't actually necessarily hear the part in the middle that needs to be fixed uh, mm-hmm. because you sandwiched it and you confused it. So when I have constructive criticism, I'm not going to sit there and give them five good things and now here's the one thing you need, right? I'm catching them five different distinct times. Mm-hmm. And then when I have something constructive, it's a conversation about it. And only that. And only that. And I don't need to sandwich it because I've already done a good job showing them that I've caught them doing so many things right and that I care about them because I know them because I've observed them doing so many great things. I sort of liken that to the employee that is sort of an introvert and doesn't really, isn't a squeaky wheel. So when they come to you with a complaint or a concern, you know it really bothers them, that kind of a thing. It carries more weight when you do it that way. And is that implementing that really the difference in your mind between being a manager and being a leader? That was one of the things I also wanted to ask you because you say they're two different things, and I'd love to hear your definition of the difference. Well, a a manager is a role and a responsibility, most leaders have, by the way, of the day-to-day running of the business. You know, a manager is a person that, you know, is looking at the numbers, looking at the forecast, is hiring people, is doing reviews, is coaching, all all of those things. A leader is a person who is inspiring, who's energizing. And, and not that a manager isn't a leader and a leader isn't a manager, but the, they are distinct roles. And if you spend all your time as a leader in an organization and never as a manager, and it's a, let's just say it's a small organization, then, the, then it's great. Everyone's feeling great. But no one's paying attention to the to-do list and the things mm-hmm. and actions that have to happen. 
Conversely, if you're spending all your time managing but not leading, then there's no good morale. You're going to have turnover is going to be high. That's why in most bigger organizations, you have a CEO who is that leader and you got the COO who is that doer manager who's taking that, that their time to really make sure that everything is happening within the company. But in smaller companies, of course, the CEOs really got both roles. They're the leader and the manager. And you can't just be one. Um, having said that, you're not Jekyll and Hyde, mm-hmm. right? And you still follow the five to one rule as a manager. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't put out an edict that you have to be the, you have to have the five to one rule as an employee to other employees. But I can tell you, it is contagious. When leadership is constantly catching people doing things right, they are, other people are catching other people doing things right. And you will hear people complimenting, sending out emails and identifying other people because they're following the lead of the leader. So I'm sure we have some managers listening right now that, that says, Evan, I, I'm really picking up what you're putting down uh, there. And I want my company to be, you know, to have a higher level of engagement. What's the, the biggest obstacle that most managers face in trying to improve the level of engagement with their teams? What most managers will tell you is that there isn't buy-in at senior level and that they can want this, but that's, that's uh, not happening. Um, and so I will say the biggest obstacle is people realizing no matter what level you are in the company, you can make a difference and you can be the mirror that other people follow. And that even if you don't have that top role, by you being outstanding at what you do, you will have greater support within the organization and that's how you get to the top. That makes sense. Well, I know you're looking, the, the book is uh, Engaging Leadership and I know you're looking for speaking uh, opportunities, Evan. So the website is Evan Hackle, that's H-A-C-K-E-L, speaks.com, E-Hackle on Twitter, um, Evan Hackle on LinkedIn. And do you want to tell us a little bit about the book? Well, the book is basically 21 ways to elevate and be a stronger leader. Um, It's spelled with an I. You can get it on Amazon or or any, any place like that. I will tell you that the book isn't just about leadership in business. It's about leadership in life. It's about, it will help you in your relationships. It will help you with your friends. It will help you if you're involved in any organization. And it is full of ideas and suggestions to improve communication. And it can have a very, and I'm very proud of the book, a very powerful impact on people's lives. So I, I, that's why I do these shows. That's why I wrote the book. Well, it's fantastic. We're so glad you're here today. We hope everybody will share this podcast far and wide. Tell a friend or a colleague. Uh, I'm going to do the the sales pitch. Subscribe, rate, and review. We need the five stars mm-hmm. <laughs> to help move us up in the rankings. Or you can look at us at the C-Suite Network. ManageSmarter.com is where our show lives and breathes. And Evan's this episode and all the other past episodes will be on there. And if you have a guest inquiry, um, there's a form at the very bottom of the page. You go ahead and shoot us a guest suggestion. We're open to topics and people and everything. So Evan, mm. it's such a privilege having you be part of our uh, list of guests over the years. So thank you. Love being here. Thank you. Great question. And also then for our, for our listeners then, if you are in training or work with trainers, something like that, Evan's podcast is definitely worth a, list, a listen. Training Unleashed, I believe is the name of it. Is that right? That's correct. Trainingunleashed.net is our website. We're also on C-Suite Radio. 
And by the way, my guess is that you will find this amazing interview of C. Lee Smith on there. <laughs> uh, actually, it was really insightful. So I highly recommend it. And it was, and you were an outstanding guest today too, Evan, and we really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.